Hallelujah to the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Luke chapter 1 verse 38. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, please bless me as I preach your word. Please open our eyes and our hearts to see the wonder of your work in our salvation, particularly through your servant, the Blessed Virgin Mary. All glory to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All, I just got to get used to kind of preaching from this side over here. Um, all repair work to be effective has to get to the very root of the problem. And all of you who have um, done various DIY repair jobs, uh, I'm sure I've learned this, uh, hopefully not the hard way, but maybe, you know, where if you just do a little sort of Band-Aid, a little, I'm, I'm thinking very particularly of an example, we had one of those dreaded brown watermarks on the ceiling of water coming in, and the temptation just kind of like put some paint over it and kind of hope it goes away. It's like, no, that, you gotta get up into the roof and you gotta find the hole and then you gotta cut away the rotten plaster and replaster and yes, this kind of drove me crazy for a couple of months, but it's fixed now. Um, but you have to get to the root of the problem. And it's marvelous to see how in God's work in saving us, he goes all the way back to the root and, and to use a different image, the very few times I've tried sewing things and I'm sure the real seamstresses among us have much more experience with this, but you know, if you've made a wrong stitch somewhere or your thread didn't get pulled all the way through, you've got to go all the way back, right, to the way the problem was. Same thing. When we think about how we fell into sin as the human race, it began the sort of, almost like there was sort of this one-two, this double beat of Eve falling into temptation and sin and then Adam choosing to sin with her and then falling together. But it began with the momentary uh, doubt and disobedience of a virgin woman, Eve. And so it's fitting and it shows God's marvelous um, thoroughness in his repair, to use a very strange word, but for his rescue of we human beings, that he traces it all the way back to the initial fault by redeeming with perfect symmetry, by calling a second Eve, to his saving plan, just as he made the first Eve in the Garden of Eden. Think about the symmetries for a moment and the ways in which we see the second Eve, Mary, and the first Eve compared. They are both virgin women. They're both given a command. The first Eve disobeyed. The second Eve obeyed. Right? Be it unto me according to your word. Um, and before I go any further... I think sometimes there's this um, hesitancy in praising the virtues of the Blessed Virgin Mary because occasionally the church has made too much of her. But we only need to recall that when we praise the virtues of any one of God's servants, we aren't praising some natural gifting that that person just acquired out of their own soul. We're praising what God did through them. And the scripture is actually taking pains to point out that it's God working marvelously with his servant Mary. Right? The first thing the angel says is, the Lord is with you. Like already, clearly the Lord is with you. And then the phrase um, translated as um, highly favored one, or sometimes it's traditionally translated full of grace. The root word there is grace. The, oh, you who have been greatly graced. 
by God the Father. This isn't praising just some human who in some superhuman way kind of ascended to a height. Praising what God has done in the life of this humble and lowly and poor virgin young woman. It was God's work in and through her. And so we see even a, this contrast that the first conceived man in humankind in our story was Cain. Conceived in sin, grew up to be a murderer. But we see this sort of healing symmetry that this conception conceived in the coolness of the overshadowing of God's power. with no man involved. This conception that would bring a man who would grow up to rescue us from death. The very inverse of Cain. We know that the first childbirth of Cain was... um, had a lot of pain involved. That was part of the curse in Genesis chapter 3. But miraculously, the church has always held, and it's even embodied in our Apostles' Creed, that Jesus was born of a Virgin Mary, that even in becoming a mother, she maintained her maidenhood. All of this is the preliminary work for the, really, the ultimate repair, the real healing of our lives is in in and through the person of Jesus, the incarnation of God the Son, the taking of human nature into his divine life. But that is the feast tomorrow. That's what we celebrate tomorrow. So we'll talk a lot about that tomorrow night and and Monday morning. But I just want to pause on this sort of prelude, this sort of initial labor of the repair and the terrible roof analogy, like kind of getting to right the source of the nail, the source of the problem, the skill of our master in his repair work, of undoing, of redoing what fell in Eve through his faithful servant, Mary, full of grace. Eve um, presented a destructive fruit to mankind. The second Eve, the fruit of her womb, is our salvation itself. The blessed, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary had a crucial and wonderful role in God's rescue mission of us. And it wasn't a given, right? The Old Testament is actually full of times when angels or God directly spoke to someone and they said, no, think about Jonah. Go here, no, and it goes the opposite direction. Or Balaam, or, you know, there's all various prophets who God said something very clearly and they refused and it led to all this confusion and and loss among God's people. But Mary said yes. Her beautiful and powerful reply, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That just as Mary got to play this incredible participatory role in God's saving plan, not to the same degree, but of the same quality, each of us is invited to play a role in God's saving plan, both for our own souls and the lives of those around us who we interact with. And we show forth, we inhabit that role by emulating the responsiveness of Mary, by saying to God it with our hearts and hopefully sometimes with our lips as well, that same sentiment, Lord, I am your servant. I'm not the governor of my life. I'm your servant. Whatever you have ordained for me, and obviously none of us has as crucial a role as Mary because the incarnation has already happened. But in the smaller things, to say, be it unto me according to your word. And think about how the effective qualities of the communication Mary's just received from the angel, right? 
It's a distressing present. It's a confusing future. It's full of unknowns, requires deep trust in the Lord. We have situations analogous to that in our lives. Um, small and big, whether it's just some new knowledge about something in, that's about to happen in your life, or, or even something as small as just the busyness of the holiday, see this holiday season. We sanctify it when we say, when we mirror Mary's response to, to the Lord. Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In sickness, in health, with too much work, with not enough work, with the great trials of raising kids, with adult kids and all the things that go along with that. Lord, behold, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. To receive it with the same passive humility, the same graciousness, and to receive the same grace as the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen.